friends, welcome to End Times, The Reward for Faithful Living. I'm Debbie Taylor Williams. I'm glad you've joined me today. In the deepening twilight of a summer evening, a pastor called at the home of one of his members and found seated in the doorway a little boy with his hands extended upward holding a line. What are you doing, my little friend? asked the pastor. Flying my kite, sir, was the prompt reply. Flying your kite? I can see no kite, nor can you, said the pastor. I know, sir, said the boy. I cannot see it, but I know it's there because I feel the tug. The story reminds us that although we cannot see Jesus nor heaven where he dwells, we feel the tug. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says it well. God has set eternity in our heart. Psalm 19.1 also explains, the heavens are telling of the glory of God. We feel the tug toward glory, toward things being right, perfect, and safe in this chaotic world in which we live. And so Christ takes us to his glorious kingdom. His prayer is answered. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven when this age ends and we enter eternity in the new heavens, new earth, and new Jerusalem. Revelation 21:22 gives us a preview of Christ's kingdom. Jesus fulfilled his word to the disciples in John 14:2. I go to prepare a place for you. And what a place it is. Paul, who was caught up to heaven, described it in this way in 1 Corinthians 2:9. Things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. Things we can't even conceive in our minds or hearts, God has prepared for us. Our eternal state will be beyond anything we can imagine. John tries in Revelation 21 2, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her, hus her husband. Revelation 21 3 says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. We keep hearing this repeated phrase, God among men. How spectacular! Revelation 21 4 says, And he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no longer any mourning, no crying, no pain. The first things have passed away. In other words, this age of sin and decay and curse has passed away. Revelation 21, 5 says, And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Right, for these words are faithful and true. Revelation 21, 6 through 7 reminds us that we don't earn this glorious eternal state by anything we do. It's the gift of God for the one who repents of sin and believes on the Lord Jesus Christ. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of the water of life without cost. He who overcomes will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son.
Revelation 21.10 takes us on a tour of the New Jerusalem, described as coming down out of heaven from God, coming down out of heaven from God. The place Jesus has prepared is presented. Verse 11 tells us, the New Jerusalem's brilliance was like a very costly stone. It's a stone of crystal clear jasper, which is like a brilliant sparkling diamond. Revelation 21.12 says, It had a great and high wall with 12 gates, and at the gates 12 angels, and the names were written on them, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the sons of Israel. Verse 13. There were three gates on the east, three on the north, three on the south, three on the west. So picture this. Great high walls with 12 gates, and at the 12 gates, 12 angels. So you will pass by an angel to enter the new Jerusalem. Verse 14, the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Verse 15, the angel who talked with me, yes, you'll talk to angels in eternity, had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city, its gates and its walls. Now we're told the measurements of the city, the New Jerusalem, it is so huge. Just wait till you hear these measurements if you've never heard them before. Verse 16, the city is laid out like a square and its length is as great as the width and he measured the city with a rod, 1,500 miles. Its length, width and height are equal. Did you get that? A 1,500 mile wide, high, long, tall city. Someone figured it out. If you compare the New Jerusalem to the United States, it will be from the furthest Maine to the furthest Florida and from the shore of the Atlantic to Colorado. One city, the New Jerusalem. Verse 17. And he said to me, the angel, he measured 72 yards according to human measurements. I love that. Angelic measurements are human measurements. The walls are more than half a football field thick. He continues, the wall was made of jasper and the city of pure gold is pure as glass. Can you imagine walking on streets of pure gold with diamond-like walls sparkling the gold? Revelation 21, 19 through 20. The foundations of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. Yes, Jesus has been decorating for you with beautiful stones, jasper, sapphire, agate, emerald, onyx, ruby, chrysolite, beryl, topaz, turquoise, jessup, and amethyst. What a decorator. We will enter the New Jerusalem through what Revelation 21, 21 describes as 12 gates, that are 12 pearls, each gate made of a single pearl. He again emphasizes that the great street of the city was of gold, as pure as transparent glass. Then, continuing in verse 22, I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The temple was the place to meet with God and to offer sacrifice for sin. There will be no sin, and Christ will dwell among us. What a glorious place. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it. Verse 22 tells us, For the glory of God gives its light, and the Lamb is its light. In verse 24, The nations will walk by its light, 
and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. Verse 25, on no day will its gates be shut for there will be no night there. Did you notice that nations will walk by the light of the new Jerusalem and kings of earth will bring their splendor into it? Eternity is a new earth with nations and kings, splendor. There's activity and positions of service done gloriously and with pleasure. There's more learning than we can imagine, more exploring that we will ever be able to do. Nothing impure will be able to enter it. None who do shameful, deceitful deeds will be in it, only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. As we move into Revelation 22, we are given a glimpse of the new paradise. Verses one and two say, then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. So there's God's throne, Jesus' throne, a gorgeous crystal clear river flowing from their throne room down the middle of this great huge street of this huge city. We can't even envision how large all of this is. And then the garden, listen. On each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations, verse three. No longer will there be any curse caused by sin, like there was in the Garden of Eden. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and the servants will serve him. If you've done the work of Jesus that he caused you to do, then you know there is no greater joy than serving him. No words could be more true than those he said in his parable of the talents. than when he said to the faithful servant, enter into the joy of your master. Christians who use the spiritual gift entrusted to them to do God's work are the most joy-filled of all people. We've seen the beautiful foundation, stone, wall, doors, streets of gold, and now we're taken on a tour of the park, the garden, with the river of life and the beautiful tree of life. We're in paradise, friends. They will see his face and his name will be written on their foreheads and they will reign forever and ever. Yes, we will reign with God. In verse six, the angel said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God who inspires the prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things that must soon take place. Verse seven, Jesus says, look, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy written in this scroll. Verse 12, again, look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me and I will give to each person according to what they have done. Verse 13, I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Verse 14, blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. Verse 16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. Verse 17, 
The spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty, come. Let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. In verse 20, it says, he who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Ending with verse 21, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. We didn't even get to touch on Revelation 19.9 when he says, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And again, he said to me, these words are the true words of God. You can read about them right here. The marriage supper of the Lamb. Now, what did Jesus mean about rewards? Isn't salvation a gift? Yes. Ephesians 2, 8 and 10 through nine explains, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of work so that no one may boast. However, Ephesians 2.10 states, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. We were created to do the good works God prepared for us to do while Christ is in heaven preparing a place for us, he expects us to walk in the good works he prepared for us to do. There will be a reward ceremony in heaven and it will be glorious. Jesus taught often about heavenly rewards. In Matthew 6, 1, Jesus says, some Christians will receive no reward because they practice righteousness to be noticed by people. In Matthew 6, 4, 6 and 18, Jesus tells us that when we give, pray, and fast in secret, in true worship, our Father sees us and will reward us. Matthew 10, 41 talks about a prophet's reward and a righteous man's reward. In Luke 6, 35, Jesus says there is great reward for those who love their enemies, do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return. Jesus could not be more clear there is a reward ceremony in heaven. 2 Corinthians 5.10 explains, Christ will judge our works and reward us accordingly. It states, for men must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Romans 14, 12 explains, so then each one of us will give an account of himself to God. We will be judged for our deeds, Christian, but also for our words. Matthew 12, 36 says, we'll be judged for our work. We'll be judged for our thoughts, Hebrews 4, 12 says. We'll be judged for our stewardship of the gifts Christ has given us, Matthew 25, 14 through 30. We'll be judged for our use of money, Matthew 6, 1 through 4, and many other scriptures. We'll be judged for our focus and use of time, Colossians 3.2, Philippians 3.12-14, 2 Timothy 2.4. We'll be judged for our hospitality to strangers, Luke 14. We are told to watch ourselves so that we do not lose what we've accomplished, but so we can receive a full reward. 1 Corinthians 3, 11 through 15 explains that Jesus tests the quality of our deeds, words, thoughts, intentions, and secrets by fire and rewards what remains. Verse 12, now if any man builds on the foundation with gold and silver, precious stone, wood, hay, and straw, each man's work will become evident for the day will show it 
because it is to be revealed with fire, and the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. Verse 14, if any man's work, which he has built on it remains, he will receive a reward. Verse 15, and if any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. In John 9, 4, Jesus said, we must work the works of him who sent me as long as it is day, for night is coming when no one can work. In other words, we are to be busy about the things of God. You may be familiar with the five rewards or crowns as they are designated that are spoken of in the Bible. They are one, the victor's imperishable and corruptible crown that's spoken of in 1 Corinthians 9, 24, 27. Second, there's the crown of righteousness, 2 Timothy 4, 7 through 8. Third, the crown of joy, 1 Thessalonians 2, 19 through 20. Four, the crown of life, James 1, 12. And fifth, the crown of glory, 1 Peter 5, 1 through 4. Now you know through our five-week study of end time, the reasons for end time prophecy, the reliability of prophecy. You know the reality of the rapture. You know the revealing of end time events. And today, you know the reward for faithful living, both heaven itself, but also those extra rewards and crowns. You know now, what can you do? Amos 4.12 says, prepare to meet thy God. Jesus says in Matthew 6.20, store treasure in heaven. What will you do with the knowledge you have of what God has given us, what Jesus has given us in his word? I pray that you will prepare to meet God, that you will realize how temporal this earth is and that it is going to be replaced with new heavens, a new earth, and a new Jerusalem. I pray that you will take seriously the Lord's commission to us to go out and to make disciples of all people, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you will seek the lost as Jesus came into the world to do, that you will tell them the good news that you will invite them to salvation. Thank you for joining me for this study. Oh, Father, how we do thank you and praise you for the word you have given us, for the life you have given us, for the Holy Spirit you have given us to empower us to walk out your word. Thank you for the gift of forgiveness. Thank you for the gift of your grace. Thank you for the gift of eternal life. Thank you, Father, that this is not a fairy tale. This is not a fake magic kingdom somewhere here on earth. This is the true eternal state that you are ushering in a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem where we will function in cities and nations and where you will dwell among us. Lord, help us take seriously your word and reach out to those who do not know you. Help us serve you well. We love you and we praise you. Lord Jesus Christ, Heavenly Father and Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a blessed day.